Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome, Josie, to the Europe is Coming podcast. I am extremely happy to have you here. You are one of my first interviews of 2022. Unfortunately, we've just had to do a Dave Castro got sacked podcast, so you won't be number one. You're going to be number two. Um, but welcome to the podcast. So great to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You are super famous as a top, top, top content chef. For the CrossFit community, you're actually blushing now. That's kind of cute. And um, <laughs> and um, I think that there can't be many people who follow CrossFit athletes who don't know about you. You are a brilliant videographer and storyteller and photographer. Thank there's you not, very much. I appreciate it. It means, not, it means a lot. There's not much you haven't seen. Hmm? There's not, there's not many athletes you haven't seen. There's not much stuff you haven't experienced. So you are a great guy to, to chat that, that to. That is true. Tell that me a bit true. about where you come from. Where did you? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? So, so I was born in Cyprus. Um, and then I moved to France when I was very young for my parents' job. So I, I grew up in France. So I, I consider myself French more than anything because that's where I have my roots. That's where I obviously have all my friends and I perfectly speak the language. Then I moved to Brussels uh, for high school for my parents' job again. And then from there, I started going a bit all over the place uh, with, uh, with uni. So I studied in the Netherlands for, uh, for five years. And during this time, I went to do a semester abroad in Taiwan for six months. And also, I, so normally a bachelor's degree is five years, uh, three years, but I've always liked doing stuff next to uh, next to school, I, I just wasn't the type of guy who was just going to be in a library all day. And the university I went to, like the business school, was really hard. So it was kind of the place where you either take five years and you can take it in brackets easier or do stuff on the side, or you go three years full send in the library. So I just went for the five-year option, traveled a lot, um, did a lot of network marketing in the past, and just different like businesses, dipping my toes in the water of seeing kind of what I wanted to afterwards. And then once I finished uh, in the Netherlands, I moved to Madrid to do a master's degree at IE Business School. And um, from there, I was looking at working in um, in an elite soccer club in marketing uh, and management. And um, then I got an email from Tia Karatumi one day, which pretty much changed everything. Wow. Just out of the blue. Yeah. So um, she was doing a Europe tour um, two years ago. And at that at the time, I didn't really do CrossFit. I was I just seen Fittest on Earth a couple of months ago, and I I just went once in a while. But I really liked like the intensity behind it, and I really liked the athletes' personalities behind them. And I was a very big Tia fan at the time. Obviously, I still am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I really wanted to go to the seminar, but the tickets were really expensive. Um, and I just pretty much and most of them were sold out. And I messaged her like, hey. I I'm a big fan. I'm passionate about like video, et cetera, even though I didn't have much video experience in the past, but it was, I had a little bit, but I was like, um, so I was like, would it be okay with you if I just come on the Europe tour and I follow you and Shane for two weeks and you don't have to pay anything. You don't have to pay for my flights. You don't have to pay for my hotel, nothing. Just let me come. I'll do photos, videos for you all for free. Um, it would just be a pleasure for me to do it. 
I just sent the email like that, not expecting anything in return. And then a few hours later, the, um, I get the message. Yeah, let's get on the phone. Let's talk. Oh, my God. Fake yeah. it until you make it. I had no idea that's how you started. That is yeah, impressive. It's, uh, yeah, and it's funny because the, the day before, I'd, I'd seen a post on LinkedIn. So and we'll, we might talk about it later. But if there's one person that I will religiously listen to in life, it's Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. And I saw a post on LinkedIn the day before and he was saying, if you want to work with someone, work for them for free and show them what you have. And the next day I saw that she was doing the Europe tour. I was like, well, you just saw something. You might as well just go apply it. And that's what I did. And then since then, I kind of never really looked back. So you, you built up, you've built up your business and your skills from scratch on the job. Absolutely. 100%. So you've made loads of mistakes, I guess, as well as loads of wins. I, I, I love failing. I think it's one of my favorite things because it's, that's where you learn the most. Obviously, there's moments you, you can't afford to fail and you, you got to be aware of that. But other than that, like I, I love making mistakes. I, you know, I, I love coming back from a shoot and like telling myself, oh, I missed this shot or, oh, I didn't have the camera settings properly set. Because mm. what's, what, every time that happens, I'm like, okay, this is one thing you have to keep in mind next time. And every time it gives you something to think upon and just, you can just build upon that gradually. So did you get into CrossFit during your time as a student? Or did you, how did you discover that TIA even existed? I mean, if you were saying like a couple of years ago, you didn't, you weren't really into CrossFit. Well, how did you get into this whole area before you sent that email? So, so it's actually a very funny story. Um, the So the last year, I, so I went to a semester abroad to come back to Holland to complete my studies and all my friends were gone. And I was a bit like, so obviously when you go on semester abroad for six months, you party five nights a week. So you kind of put on some serious weight and, <laughs> uh, and my roommate was the same, like he had gone to States and it was just only us, like all our other friends were gone. And so our lifestyle was pretty much, you wake up, you study, you go to the gym, you come back, you watch a movie, go to bed. And then one day, we really saw this thing fittest on earth on Netflix. And they were like, oh, let's just check it out. And I, and I think it was decade of fitness. I think it was the one with the ranch. Oh, I swear after the, I think it was like, there's a couple of them were like of the workouts from that year's games, which were like, okay, this is really, really cool. But I, I watched the thing and I was, I was just hooked. I was like, this is awesome. Cause we were like bodybuilding at the time. And it was more like, now we saw like guys do, like running, swimming, mm-hmm. lifting heavy, all this stuff. And we're like, like, wow, this is actually crazy. And next thing you know, the next day we, we, we called the, the, the local cross gym and like, Hey, can we come um, for, for a trial session? And it was um, a body weight imam. So you had to a 20 minute imam. You had to choose what you, the movement, but it was 20 minute imam. And so we, we had seen the guys go, like there was a salt banger. So the salt bike and the banger and the mm-hmm. movement. And we'd never been on a salt bike. We're like, oh, let's do the assault bike. <laughs> but we, we didn't know what we were in for. <laughs> and, and, and first thing you know, first round in the assault bike, we absolutely send it. And then we're like, oh, we have 19 more minutes of this to go. <laughs> yes. And uh, and from there, like, I was just like, yeah, this is this is freaking awesome. I love it. And then, yeah, from there, um, just start doing more and more research. Then we saw, like, we watched together with my roommate, the Matt Fraser documentary, the really old one which I, I still think to this day is the best one. And from there, I was just like, yeah, this sport is absolutely awesome. So you were inspired by, by, the, by the documentaries. That's cool. Absolutely, 100%. I think, 
I think Redeem the Dominant and Decade of Fitness are the two best documentaries. And I, I think when you look at like the documentary space, I feel like what Fittest on Earth did for CrossFit is kind of what Formula One Drive to Survive did mm. for F1. I think it's very similar, like the impact they've had on like the community and like the people like involved in it now. I, I know so many people who didn't care what Formula One, myself included, who watched the series and were and now every Sunday at a certain time, they're like in front of the TV and they don't move. Yeah, my daughter said that actually. <laughs> She's obsessed. We get, we're taking her to Monza for her birthday. Oh, nice. That's a good I one. I know. It's a pretty cool present. We rock. A very cool present. Yeah. So if you, have you got ambitions to make a documentary? Well, obviously, as a creator, you always want to, to evolve um, and, and just create new stuff. So as you know, like most of the stuff I do is I, I like to do very aggressive and like hype videos. Mm. That's what, I'm, what I'm, I think I'm good at. But obviously, there comes a time where you always want to push your creative limits and working on like long form is something I, I want to do. And so um, it's, we, I mean, we haven't like planned exact logistics around it, but it looks like we might do a road to the podium docu-series with Gabby this year. That would so be I'm, cool. So I'm still trying to figure out like the, the details and the, some things around it, but um, I think we, we might do that. And that might be like the first long form I really work on. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of scale that is required, I think, to do long form that I don't have right now. Um, and so I need to work on these. But obviously, it's by, by like doing that you learn the best. So we'll see. That's like the, the goal for 2022 is to make like a cool docuseries on Gabby. Cool. Well, I think that you've got everything you need, Lucy, actually. You've got a great subject and you're very humble and you know you like to learn. So and skills too so I think you'll make a good job of it I appreciate it thank you <laughs> so tell me about how you went from um following Tia and Shane around Europe to being one of the go-to guys who is uh filming the top athletes in CrossFit what was your journey so so after the Europe tour um I was supposed to I know for some reason like so Facundo was there as well so Facundo is like so, so like Facundo T and Shane are like my adoptive parents. That's how like we we call, we call each other because we were on the tour together. And so Facundo wanted me to go to China to film the Mayhem team, but that didn't come through for some reason. And so I messaged T. I was like, "Hey, do you want me to come to Rogue?" And she's like, "Yeah, you can come. You should come to Rogue." And so um, she got a sponsor, the Method Now, an Australian nutrition company, to um, fly me out to Cookville. So I went to Cookville. And I went to Rogue um, with them. And then once we were at Rogue, um, so I met uh, Craig and Jazz, Team, uh, team Richie there. And I, I, was a big, I was a really big fan at the time. And like, I, obviously, T was competing at Rogue, so I didn't see her for three days. So I was just pretty much hanging out with Craig and Jazz the whole time. And um, so that happened. It was really cool. And then that summer, I went to the, to the CrossFit Games. And I was in an Airbnb with Craig and Jazz and a couple other people. And so I was really at the games, like just for fun. I was just, to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing there. <laughs> I was there with, I think like a, a 12, a 12 to 60 millimeter lens uh, with my small camera and like nothing I could do. And I was just like, yeah, I was just, my mind, I was like, have fun. And there was like starstruck. Like there were athletes like, like Willie George. Like I was such a big Willie George fan at the time. And that was like one of my best friends in the space. So I was like, oh, I'll take a, a cool clip of him. And then there were like a lot of people. 
And then the first day I got back from the, the venue and I was just like editing a small video and Craig was editing the vlog and he was like, oh, that, that's that's a cool little little montage. Can you send it to me? So I'll put it in the vlog. And I was like, yeah, yeah, take it. Take everything you want. And then and then the next day it's like, hey, do you have a small montage? He's like, yeah, here we go. And so I was just pretty much feeding him a bit of content for the vlog. And then after that, we went to Peru. So I think, so there was like a big Peru trip organized. So I put together a trip to go with a friend to film for a travel agency there. And um, Tia was with me and like when we were in Europe and she's like, Hey, can we come with you after the games, the group of athletes? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I think it was Tia Shane, James Newbury, his partner at the time, Craig Jazz, uh, and two friends from, um, Craig and, uh, from Tia and Shane from the Australia. We went to Peru. Same thing again with, uh, with Craig, helped him a bit on the vlog, sent him some drone shots, et cetera, nothing crazy. And pretty much the last day, um, we got for breakfast, Craig Jazz and myself and Craig was pretty much like, Hey, so, we like how you work. We, we like your stuff. You're really cool. So we want to take you around to all the comps around the world and you just help us on the vlog and um, we'll cover everything for you. And then once you're at the comps, you can work for brands or whoever you want. That's fine by us as long as we get the stuff for the vlog. And then I was like, yep, we're doing nice. it. Sweet. <laughs> and then, so, and that was like pre-pandemic. And then, so we did um, pre-pandemic, we did, so we went to Australia. I, actually, I flew to Australia for four days. <laughs> I, I traveled 48 hours, say four yeah. days, I traveled 40 hours back. So we did Australia, you know, the Filthy 150, Dubai, Strength and Depth, Waterpalooza, and then lockdown happened. So ob- obviously, like, there was, like, momentum building in what I was doing, and it was it was really nice. I was seeing the progress center, and then, boom, COVID happened. Mm obviously lockdown, et cetera. And then it was, was pretty hard. I didn't really know what to do. Um, I was kind of like lost because obviously my work was very event-based. Gyms were closed at the time. And from there, what I did was like, okay, I, I really questioned what I was doing for a while. I'm not going to lie, but I kept going. And then Fit Aid Europe um, reached out to me and then they were like, Hey, we want to do this small, like um, content creation tour around athletes around Europe. And that was like when things were kind of like starting to open up a little bit, mm-hmm. I would say so like PCR and stuff, but it was, it was quite okay. Um, and they're like, we know it's very hard to get people who are down to travel, but are you down to travel in this time? I was like, yeah, put me on the road. Like I'll go. And so we did that. And that's when I met Christoph, for example, I met Andrea from Italy, Kevin Wink. And so I met quite a, ni- a nice bunch of athletes on the tour. And it kind of gave me confidence again in what I was doing. And then I was like, hey, like, if you're not going to, like, go directly, like, at comps, just go hang out with athletes. That was my thing. And then I, I'd met Willie George before Waterpalooza that year. And then I think it was, like, after the summer, he messaged me, like, hey, do you want to come, like, shoot a couple of videos? And France was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So just to give some context, I grew up half an hour away from where Willie George grew up, and he still lives. So... So I, I I know the place. I have an apartment there. He literally is your homie. Yeah, he's literally my homie. <laughs> and so from there, I started hanging out a lot with, with Willie, doing videos for him. Um, and then from there, um, last January, Christoph messaged like, hey, do you want to come to Mallorca? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come to Mallorca. And that's where I met Gabby and, and, and Jacqueline and John. So I had a lot of fun there. And then um, during quarterfinals, I met Laura um erica and ella which was really nice and then and then from there it kind of started like 
it just it kept flowing. And obviously through Craig and Jazz, I met a lot of the athletes as well. Um, and then every time there's a comp, I just try and be personable with the athletes, send them like content or whatever. Um, and yeah, and through there, like one thing led to another and here we are. You're one of the hardest working guys in the competition. The athletes don't work anywhere near as hard as the videographer guys, do they? I mean, you you don't really sleep those um, no. couple of days that you're working or two day, three days that you're there. It's just constantly churning out filming and churning out content, no? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty intense to be honest. Like I, I love it. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like for me, it's like I, I like leaving competition floor and just going to the computer. But it's yeah, you, you're done and you're pretty much going to um, to to edit. And my in brackets problem is that I have I always want to over deliver mm-hmm. because the thing is so like so like my the Craig and Jazz vlog like the team she vlog is always my priority when you go to a comp, and so I need to have like the best content for the vlog. But when I think about it, I have to go back and then I have to like edit so all the stuff for the vlog like the highlights. So generally it's like one video per workout. Then I have like photos of athletes. I want to send them as soon as possible. Then I have the stuff for brands I have to do. So generally it's like a highlight video of the day. And then, and then generally, unless it's like a brand that has like a lot of athletes there, I do my own highlight video for my own Instagram profile. So it's, so it is a lot of work and I have, I've struggled to find the workflow. Um, but I think now I'm, I'm starting to get to workflow where I can, go really, really fast mm-hmm. and just, yeah, just cruise. And like, I've, I've burned out in the past at competitions. Um, Waterpalooza 2019 on the last day, I legit thought I was going to die there at the Bayfront Park. <laughs> I was, I was just, I hadn't slept for, I literally hadn't slept for two days and I was just buzzing on caffeine and like, I wasn't feeling well at all. And I was like, okay, like you, you need to sleep. Now I just try, I, I try and get like, two, three hours a night. Like for me, that's enough, two, three hours. And I try to like get ready for it. So like the days before a comp, I'll take it very easy. Like I'll sleep 10, 11, 12 hours. Mm. So yeah, once you know the flow and you kind of like, you can prepare yourself, it's it's really good. What's it like being on the competition floor with the guys when they are in, in, in their flow? It's hectic. I'm not going to lie. I think there's, um, and this is one thing I, I prone a lot, where I, I, I think that, floor access should be very like much more limited than it is right now um, because it's there's a lot of things you have to take into account you have to take into account obviously the viewer experience like of like what the people are seeing in the stadium you don't want to like be parked on the floor all the time mm-hmm. you have to take into account generally there's a broadcast so you shouldn't you should you always have to be aware of like where the broadcast cameras are because some competitions pretty much you go in front of the broadcast camera once Fair enough. You get a one pass. Second time, we'll cut your media band. Oh, and and right, rightfully so. Like obviously, like the viewer experience is the number one, like requirement, like the number one priority. But then you have to absolutely understand the flow of the workout. So you need to know exactly like how the athletes are going to move, where they're going to move, and what the flow is. So you can also like move yourself, and then you got to focus on getting the right shot. Mm. So it is, it is hectic. Um, I'm not gonna lie now, like what what is really good is like now, like also like the athletes, like like a lot of them, like we're friends now. So it's it's actually cool to like see them on the floor, like just give them a small fist bump when, when no one's watching and just like chat with them. So that's really nice. And um, and yeah, for me, like now I see like the floor more as an extension of the gym. 
Mm-hmm. But that's only for certain comps. Like obviously, like the games and semifinals, like you're in a media pit in a media war, and yeah, and pretty much like do whatever you can with the longest lens you have. There's quite a lot of um, photographers at um, CrossFit Games now, aren't there? I mean, like the, the one that's the 2021, there seemed to be what, 40, 50 people there. It was a yeah, ton. It's um, so when you when you're outside, like at the North Park, it's, mm. it's generally it's fine. Like it it gets crowded, but it's it's okay. Um, but when you go in the media pit, like in the Coliseum, like like that place gets hectic. And and to be fair, like after this year, depending unless it's like a workout where they're not facing like the usual way where they go straight, I probably won't go in the media pit anymore because you don't necessarily like get the best shots anymore from the media pit. Mm. I'll probably just buy, I would probably just buy a ticket and go like on the finish line and get in the stands. Can't you go anywhere you want to go with the media band? No, so 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 the so like the, the first day at the games this year, everyone with a media band who had a Coliseum pass could go in the media pit at the Coliseum. But there were so many people that at the after the second the first day they were like, hey. Only if you work for one of the presenting sponsors of the games, you can go in there. Mm. And there were still like, I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone was there. And then they, for the media, they give you assigned seats in the stadium. So that the, the Coliseum like this, the athletes go like this. You have the media pit on the floor and then they give the seats right above it to the media. But you have to go, you have to check in for media and get like a, a random allocated seat. And so when you do that, you're obviously at risk of like you don't really know like where you're gonna where you're gonna be sitting. But I, so that's why I was like, if you can go anywhere with a camera, but like on the finish line, it's spectator seats. So mm-hmm. unless you have a spectator ticket for that seat, there's probably gonna be someone. So you you kind of need to like buy the ticket, and that's what I'm gonna do this year. Like I'm gonna buy a ticket on the finish line because it's gonna make the content so much better. Yeah, and you're gonna be less stressed. Yeah, you you're less stressed because you you know like you can you don't have to like beat a certain time a certain hour like between heats you you can like if you want to go to the bathroom you can go to the bathroom it's no problem. Yeah. And if you have the media pass and like want to work out like they change like the direction of the floor if you have the media pass like you can still go in the pit or like you can still go in like the media places allocated to it but at least like no one's taking your spot on the mm-hmm. finish line. It's uh, it's it always looks like um, it's quite cu- close in there. Like a super spreader event is going on in the pit. There's so many people in there, so yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, we but call I, it the war zone. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I've been in um, in press pits where you basically get elbows in your ribs, and people are standing in front of you, and it's just yeah, you have to be tough. Yeah, but it's nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Like, obviously, like between the media guys, generally speaking, there's a good vibe at the comm. So like we we just hang out, we have fun give each other tips Mm. so it's cool I like it what kind of challenges have you um come up against in your career is there anything that you now that you've a couple of years into it that you would have done differently what what I'm not necessarily sure I would have unless like you go into like the micro stuff so like shots and like very small details Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have done many things much differently um I mean, the only thing I would have probably like upgraded my camera setup before the games this year, not after the games. But um, yeah, I saw you went shopping. Yeah, I went. I had, I had a good time after the game. <laughs> I came back from the games and I was like, well, th- that's I think the biggest takeaway. Like, I, I got back from the games and I saw the footage, and 
like everyone was very happy with it, but I was like, yeah, this is, this is not good. Like you could have done so much better if you had like the right gear. What did you buy? So I bought a Sony FX3 with a classic 2470 lens, an 85 millimeter and a 7200 G Master F2.8. Wow. <laughs> Why did now, you buy- like, I have I have the package now, but I'm ready for Miami, put it that way. Why did you buy a fixed lens? 85. I just, I don't know. I think it's very good for B-roll. I love it for portraits. It's very, very good. Um, I don't use it that much, but I should I should use it more. I love that. It's such a very flattering lens. It's great yeah, for but- it's great for portraits of people. Yeah, I like it. I think it's and also like it's very it's, it's Zeiss glass and Zeiss glass is very good. Mm. Really good colors. But other than that, what I would have done differently, um, like no, I, I I honestly don't think I would have done anything differently. I think I I respect the process a lot. Okay, I think there's they always say you know there's one thing which is like um, trusting the process, but one thing is respecting the process. And I've res- I feel like I've respected the process a lot where like I've taken every single mile, like challenge is like a learning opportunity rather than like a, a failure or a mistake. And then just built upon that. Mm. So would that be your advice for anyone who wants to get into content creation? I think, I think it's for, I think it's for anything you want to do in life. You know, like I feel we live in a world where like people are looking for instant gratification, no matter what they do. You no, know, they're constantly looking at, okay, I want this now. I want this job now. Like just yesterday, I was at a job. I was at dinner with some friends, like nothing to do with CrossFit or whatever, but like, and they were talking how they were unhappy in their job after like four months and they didn't see themselves evolving in that job. I'm like, guys, like you've been in the job for three months. Mm. Like your life, like your career is a, it's a very long journey. So you have to like see beyond the three months, six months and like really keep looking forward and just like understand that everything you do in a certain way, unless you're delusional, it's going to like help you get to where you want to get. So I think that's the thing. And for creators, yeah, it's like trust the process and, and just, just be consistent. I take a lot of pride. I think the main reason I'm where I'm at right now and I'm going to go where I want to go is because I'm consi- I'm more consistent than 99% of the creators in the space. Like I've, I've made the, commis- the commitment to go all in on, on this and commit 100% to doing like making this my full-time job even though like especially at the beginning like financially it wasn't easy and no. it's still not the easiest thing now sometimes obviously you want to invest in yourself and your business but like by making the commitment of being consistent I think that's when you can really achieve great things and anything you do do you have um like re- ongoing relationships with brands so that you have some sort of fixed income coming in or is every is are you freelance completely like an every day is different and you never know what's gonna you're gonna have by the end of the month no so well now i'm able to plan much better and especially now with like competitions coming up etc it's um it's much more easy for me to um to kind of plan things out much much more easier than a year ago and i mean there are like so some set brands i have a very good relationship with Go out mobility first. Um, absolutely love these guys. Like also French company, and it's been a great pleasure working with them. Fit Aid Europe, amazing company as well. So, um, Hustle Made, obviously, I work a lot with them now. And the Team Richie blog, and then obviously like there's brands and companies that come in there and there. But yeah, so I, I kind of have a set idea more or less every month was coming, and now like with events, I can also I can also like plan 
my year ahead type of thing where like and now I know like okay well for the open I'm going to do this 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 so and also it's like what brands can I hit up for the open and then I just message brand like hey I'm going to do this I'm going to be with this and this athlete for the open do you need something yes no same for semifinals same for quarterfinals and then the game is generally just yeah full send and what about um your uh planned move to Mallorca how will that affect your your work because I mean Mallorca is isn't mainland Spain you're going to have to get a plane anywhere you go yeah uh, to be honest like I, I I already fly everywhere I go um that's one thing I, I figured look, I'm in Brussels right now and like for me flying from Brussels to Mallorca is kind of the same so I, I kind of look at geographically where the main places I would tend to travel this year it would be France with Willie George um it would be like if I was in Spain I would go to Mallorca quite a bit to the UK with Craig and Jazz and um or to the US for international comps so for me it's like I can fly directly from Mallorca to where Willie lives that's no problem I can fly directly from Palma airport to East Midlands airport or Birmingham airport direct flight so like to be fair for where I want to go, like the main place I'm going to travel to, it might actually be easier for me to travel from Mallorca than from Brussels. So I, th- I think it's not that. It's more like in Mallorca, I feel like I'm going to have a constant, like, because now when I'm back home, for example, I don't, obviously like now I'm editing stuff and like I'm, I'm working on some things, but I don't do much. I'm not like, I haven't touched the camera for two weeks since I got back from Dubai. Like I know that in, in Mallorca, I'm going to be on a constant flow um, so that's the main reason also I'm going there. And then the travel, like, I don't mind getting on a plane. Like, it's it's fine. New York is a very picturesque, photogenic place to be, as you well know. True. Yeah, lots of opportunities. You know that um, we have a major advertising companies working here because of the weather. Like oh, I, I'm, three, I'm not surprised. 300 days of the year we have sunshine. Well, at least with today, I avoided um, one of them. Yeah, you did. One of the rainy days. It's miserable outside. <laughs> so tell me about your influences. Who are the people that you look up to? Who do you, who do you think um, you you aspire to be? So Gary Vaynerchuk is someone I've always looked up to. I think since my my like early twenties, I've followed his his stuff. Um, so from a business standpoint, I think for me, he's like the, the greatest mentor of all times for me. Um, because I, I see where he's kind of come from and he, he's a straight hustler. And I kind of like see like what he's done and what he's doing now. And it's very in line with like what I want to do, whether it's respect to my brand or helping others or the company I want to build, because I want to move away from, from like just a one man show. Like I want to, I want to scale the business now. I think it's the time has come. Um, so Gary Vee is definitely someone I look up to. And then to be fair, like one of the main reasons I love working with athletes is because I've always aspired to be like, like an athlete. So if you, you know, when you ask a kid, like, what's your dream when you grow up and they give you an answer, like for me, it would have been to be a professional athlete, but I, I very quickly knew I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. But when I'm with all these athletes, my mindset is like, Hey, like you're surrounded with them. So take the same attitude that they put into training and put that into your work, into like your work mm. and see how it comes out. And and that's been working pretty well so far. So all these athletes, you know, Christoph, Gabby, Jackie, Laura, Tia, like they're all people I look up to. Um, I look at a guy like Willie, like obviously he's a great athlete, but what he's built like in the, in the last year after his injury, 
it's it's crazy. Like he built one of the top programming platforms in Europe. He got his own gym. He's worked on different things, and it's it's really inspiring to see. So that's one guy I look up to a lot. Um, and from a creative standpoint, um, obviously I got inspired by all the travel videographers in the past, and now like Sam Calder, etc. And now like Peter McKinnon is someone I look up to a lot. But I don't watch that much creative like videos anymore. Like I've I've kind of like moved away from that. Why? Because I think like it's so I'm a firm believer, and like I I know there's been issues raised around that as well, but. I, I'm a fair believer there's a very fine line between inspiration, imitation mm-hmm. in your in your work. And I feel like the more I watched up, and that's also, for example, why I unfollowed a, like a lot of creators on Instagram and also in the CrossFit space, except the ones who are really my good friends. Because you see stuff and you kind of you kind of like lose your style and identity, like when you see stuff, and it's and it, it's very hard to lose yourself in that. Yes. And so, and like, so I've done it. Like I will 100% say like, there are some guys I've seen their, their, do their thing and I have 100% copied it. And looking back, I'm like, maybe I overdid, I overdid it. And like, I will openly admit it even to them if they ask me. So that that's one thing. That's why I've stopped like following a lot of creators. Um, just because also like for my own, for like my own mental health, um, so like I haven't really put this out, but like I struggle a lot with like imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome and like sometimes depression. So I, I try to stay away from like stuff that can like get into my brain and, and be like, Oh, like this and this and that, or like this guy's copying you or this or that. Cause like, and I know it shouldn't, but like it generally affects me a lot. Um, so I just try to stay away from it. And when it comes, like, obviously, like, I'll still watch videos on YouTube. And if, like, one of the top creators does a video, I will watch it, of course, because people I look up to. But, like, I'll, I'm stopping to consume, like, regular short content, especially when it comes to, like, sports and crossword videos. I'm really touched by what you just said because I, I I really suffer from that as well. And I know, and I did exactly the same thing. I unfollowed a lot of people because it was just affecting me so badly. So I, I couldn't remember my own identity as a photographer and I couldn't find my style. I suddenly thought, I, I don't know what I'm doing any longer. I don't feel like I'm good enough, you know, and it was really tough. And I found stopping following other people uh, and um, was really like an aggressive move in some ways. I didn't want to do it, but also it felt like, um, like I had to put a safety net underneath me so that yeah. I could be on Instagram if as and when I needed to be without actually being presented with people that were triggering me or pushing my buttons, especially when you see things that you think, oh, I could have done better than that as well. It's the other way around. It's, 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 uh, it's also very, it's a really... Um, social media is a trap (laughs) it can be be a really great place to be but it can also be a really toxic place to be yeah that's why I try to stay away from it Um, like I I mean obviously like I I, like I don't know why like I want one day I went on unfollow rampage and I unfollowed like 900 people in a day and and to be fair like it helped like I spend much more time much less time on it and I I felt like I'm, I'm feeling much better um, and also like for me, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but like I also, I also feel like I've, I brought my own style in the space as well in a certain way. Obviously I've, I've been inspired, 
and I have copied, I've understood, I've copied some things. So I've tried to like move away from that and like try and develop on that more like my own thing. Mm-hmm. And just like, to be fair, like I also like the more I follow and like the more things I see, like the more I also see people who like, who who openly like admit to like being inspired by work, et cetera, but who are like straight up copying stuff. And like I said, I don't want this to come the wrong way, but like this, it pisses me off. Like, a lot. <laughs> like I, just, I just don't want to, so I just don't want to see it. I, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, like, if it's going to piss me off because I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know how I'm going to react to it, I might as well not like put myself in a position where I'm going to see it. Mm. In the end, your, your own mental health is more important than a yeah, video. Absolutely. Yeah, and it can torture you as well. I mean, it can go on for, it went, for me, it went on for a while. It was really difficult. So good to take control. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, you have but, to be very self-aware of that. But... We still have to be online. We still have to be in those spaces in some way or another because that's how money is made at the moment. So having that, making relationships with athletes and gaining their trust and giving them the content, they're kind of posting it on your behalf almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I feel like the, the advantage of, and I, I'm, I'm taking a lot of pride into that is that I've managed to build very good relationship with pretty much every athlete I come across with beyond, beyond like, camera side mm. i think that's key uh, i think that's important to obviously like having a long lasting working relationship with the athletes but also you know building that proximity with the athlete i was actually talking to someone yesterday i feel like if you want to get the best of the best of the best content you have to have a very close relationship with the athlete you have like, to gain I, their trust for example like when someone if christoph is snatching 125 kilos I know I can get close to him to get the really cool shot because he knows how I move. I know how he moves and we have like this kind of like proximity. Mm. So it allows me to get the shot, but at the same time, like keep him safe. Or I don't know, you know, like when at a competition, you know, you have, you, when you know the athlete, you can use your emotional intelligence to also keep that relationship. So one example I was giving uh, someone yesterday was like, imagine you have a, you have an athlete doing a workout and their biggest weakness is, I don't know, ring muscle-ups in a comp. And if you're the videographer photographer and you stick a camera in their face straight before the event or straight after the event that they didn't do well, mm. that doesn't come across good. No. It's very so, it's like um it's a very tabloid way of do you know that do you know that term tabloid? Yeah. It's a very tabloid way of presenting information. It's not very sympathetic and it's uh it's just about it's almost clickbait, isn't it, in a way? So yeah, and it's also but also more like because maybe the videographer doesn't know that he doesn't know that this is a weakness or like this is something they're bad at or like they don't they didn't do good in the workout like mm. for example for like when i go to comp like i i based on the result because i know the athlete so well i know when i can approach an athlete and get an interview afterwards because i like i'm not going to get like i know when they know they did well and i know when they did they did bad and i know when they did terribly bad so i kind of like know how to keep like my distance in, in that moment and I think that's very important. So I take a lot of pride in like my proximity with the athletes and how I get along with them because that helps beyond like having the best camera or whatever. Definitely. What um given your relationship with so so many athletes, who have you got your eye on for this year's season? Who do you think is gonna really impress this year? Um so I, I still think Tia is going to dominate. I, I think there's, I, I have no doubt about that. Um, I think what she did at Rogue was insane. Like training for another sport, coming back for a comp where 
like they where they tested fitness through the component of of like heavy strength which <clears throat> like she's a very strong athlete but it's not like her her wheelhouse type of thing mm. and where she like came in and still dominated um i think that was crazy i i honestly think uh gabby is gonna gonna turn like spin some heads this year um <laughs> I, I I really think the legendary Polish power is gonna do is gonna do very good this year. I think so um, too. I have a lot of faith in her. Um, I I feel like, and obviously like some white college pro in the West, but like I feel like like Jackie like still has something to prove, like a big point to make, especially at the games. I, I think she can do really well, and what she did in Dubai really showed it. Yeah, because that she was did, because so she good. Was really good in Dubai. Yeah, and it was it was a very good mix of of workouts so so these three um i think laura will do really good again and then who else who else i'm just trying to think think uh, about the guys oh so think about the guys like i'm going to put it straight up um if roman krennikov gets a visa to the games roman krennikov will win the games like this guy has he has like no he doesn't have holes he's a machine yeah and he put on like mass so he's such a complete athlete I think the small component which was missing to him was the strength work and he's worked on it maybe at the expense of his running capacity. Mm. But like the thing is like now instead of finishing like a minute ahead of everyone in a running workout, he'll just finish like maybe like second or third. So the deficit is not that that big based on what I've seen in Madrid and in, the, in Dubai. So I think Roman is going to be the one to watch and I really want to see Roman at the games. Um, I think Willie George is going to smash it this year. Obviously, it's it's very impressive to see how far he's come this year. Obviously, he wasn't even sure he would be ready for the Open and he did fifth in Dubai. And obviously, like, there are the two workouts which I think were detrimental were, like, the overhead squat workout because obviously he, he hasn't fully recovered from his shoulder yet. Mm-hmm. But I think that with a, with a full shoulder, he would have probably finished, like, top five in that event. And the clean and jerk could have probably finished like, probably like, yeah, top five as well in the clean and jerk. So that would have put him most certainly in like a podium contention in Dubai. Um, I think Lazar Dukic is going to gonna do very good. Uh, so if I had to put my money on who, who is going to be the top of Europe this year, it would be Lazar and Willie. I'm writing that down now. I'll chat to you in August. Lazar, Willie and Roman question mark. Yeah, Roman. Um, and then obviously Peter. like, this is, but this is really Europe, and obviously we talk Europe here. But other than that, I feel like I'm curious to see how how Mal O'Brien is going to do now that she's working with Fraser. Yeah, that was a um, shocker. I'm curious to see how Brooke Wells is going to come back. That's going to be interesting. Mm. Um, but I think I think she'll come back good. Like I know that the proven team, like they do, they do stuff well. And the guy side, I've always had a guy that I've always liked, and I've always wanted to see win the games, and that Brent, Brent Fakowski. I've Me always too. Him. I've always wanted to see Brent win the games, and so like I, w- I would, I would like to see Brent win the games. Um, that would be that would be really nice. Belner, yeah, Belner as well. I, th- I think like like Belner, like he re- he really has to like get out of that second place and go on top. I, I think he can do it. And like at the games again this year, I think if it wasn't for like the swim workout, he would have probably won it. If he had uh-huh. played like top twenty at the sw- in the swim workout, like he yeah. would. Probably won the games. Well, hopefully, um, he's doing a lot of swimming. Right well, now. it looks like it. At least, well, we'll see Wanapalooza. Oh yeah, and you're going to be there. Yeah, I'm going there. So when are you traveling? Uh, on Monday, but I haven't booked my flight yet. 
Yeah, I should, I should I should take care of it actually. Today. Yeah, I think well, it's it's you don't want to be too too um too premature booking flights at the moment, do you? No, exactly. <laughs> I'm really glad. Book it all on a Visa card so you can get the money back. So, what are you? Who are you shooting for at Waterpalooza? Um, so I'm just I'm doing mainly the, the Craig Ritchie vlog, and I'm gonna um, um so I'm just gonna focus on the vlog because the thing is with Water Waterpalooza is arguably the worst event of the year for media. Um, it's hell. It looks like a gigantic festival. Well, the thing is, so like you look at the games, for example, at the games you have, like you have the Coliseum, and then you have obviously like that part before, which is all for the media where you can like sit down, relax a bit. It's between mm. the points. You go to Dubai, the media room is in the tennis stadium. So you just walk like 20 meters in the media room. Most comps, you have a place where you can like drop your bag off, your laptop off, et cetera. So you're pretty chilled. At Waterpalooza, it's a gigantic park. And there's something everywhere. And so the media room is like in the hotel, which is like on the other side of the venue. So mm-hmm. if you have to go to like the hotel, it's like a 15 minute walk. 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back, which is already like half an hour. You mm-hmm. And that in between events, you don't necessarily always have that time. Yeah. And especially now that there's like the, the team. So now it's like individuals, but it's also teams of three. which And you have like really nice teams of threes. So mm-hmm. I want to post it from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. You pretty much have always something going on. And you're always walking around with your backpack, with your laptop, with everything in your bag the whole day. You don't really have a place where you can like store your stuff. So that's a bit tricky. Um, so that's I think a- my, my main focus is going to be really working on the Team Richie vlog. Because um, obviously we're going to, I think we're going to do really good videos there. And um, and then do like some stuff for um, for go, for the GoWa team. So I know there's like the French GoWa team with Willie George, Lucas, Alex Pampin, my guys from France. and. Uh, then there's the the girls. There's uh, Mia Hesketh, Julie Gard, Sola on on one team. So do stuff for them as well a bit, and then also like the, the, I think the Norway team is going to win it. Um, Kristen's last um, event. Yeah, I, I think that team with um, Kristen, Lina, and Ingrid is going to win win the whole thing. I would put my money on it. They're Absolutely. they're 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 so good. Like the like Ingrid and Lena, like they they train their team for the past two years, and mm. they're machines. I mean, Kristen is arguably the most consistent athlete of all time is her last comp. Like, I think they're going to be really good. I think she's uh, probably the biggest challenge for her is going to be remembering she's in a team. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just going to be Team Richie, a bit of stuff for Go Out, and ju- just for fun. Like, I'm going to see some people I haven't seen for a long while there as well. So just want to catch up, um, have some fun. Because also, like, after Waterpuzit, there's a lot of big projects coming in and a lot of big shoots. So I kind of, like, need to... I can't go, like, too hard because I'm straight away going on to, like, a, a new thing. So I can't burn out there mm. what are you doing next can you tell me um we're doing uh one shoot with willie um in france with one of his sponsors and we're doing one sh- big shoot with lazar with one of the sponsors and then we are um doing and then and then i'm coming back home third vaccine jab take a flight come to mallorca get your butt over here yeah cool. and then once we get to Mallorca, there's like a lot of like things going on as well that are gonna have to be done well i guess now that jacqueline's got this relationship with hustle there's going to be yeah. a lot more of crossover there for you you're in the yeah, right place think, for them <laughs> yeah we're going to do a lot of stuff for hustle next year um with with jacqueline i think it's i think it's such a, a, a good move that she did um obviously going with hustle um i think she'll finally get the attention that she deserves as an mm-hmm. athlete because she's also a very consistent athlete over the years and she's done very good and she's still doing very good so i think having a brand like hustle which is going to put her forward. It's really going to help her uh, for the next couple of years. And 
she likes the clothes as well. And like, I feel she really fits the brand well. She looks good in them. Yeah. She really does. Yeah. Hustle made us like really good stuff. Like obviously I, when I started working with them two and a half years ago, I got like some t-shirts and some hoodies and stuff. And I see like how far the quality has come and how good it is now. Like it's Mm. really impressive. It's honestly like every time they give me like the new batch, I'm like, like, like every time it's just better and better and better. And I think they're going to dominate the space in the next couple of years. Cool. Well, good for them. They deserve it. They've hustled. They, they, they work really hard. Like, obviously it's very easy to see like um like the vlogs and be like oh it's just just youtube but no like craig and jazz work insanely hard day in day out and it's it's really inspiring like you ask like people inspire me like they inspire me to work hard like every day because also they, they show you what's possible if you work hard like it's it's crazy to see like how far they've come and how far they're going to go with this they always come across as really nice normal people as well with a good sense of humor i appreciate them being a fellow brit that they are yeah, they're very nice. They're yeah. very, very cool. You know, like, like now, like, for example, like we went for like two weeks in Mexico, like before the games and it was more like a vacation than like a job. And it was like so nice to spend time with them. And mm. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for them. Like, like these, these guys, like they literally changed my life, you know, like they, like I would have never thought that I'd be like in Dubai and then go to Miami and then this and then that's like, it's, I'm so grateful for them. And like, and that's why like, I'm, I'm always going to be like loyal to them. Like any other YouTuber come and tell me to go work for them, I'll be like, nah, that's not happening. It's like trying to change your parents. That's yeah. not happening. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe you'll get them over to Mallorca, show them the yeah, like, well, They're going to come soon. I think uh, I think once I, we're, we're trying to see with Craig what we're going to do for the Open. I will. I would like to do like a like a Europe tour for the Open. So I do like one week in Mallorca, one week somewhere, and one week somewhere else. Well, that'd be fun. Um, just do some good content for the vlog, um, but we have to talk about it and see what the, the plans are, but it's going to be really good. Right. I can't wait to see you again in person, Josie. Yeah, it's, it's been a long been time. Cool. Yeah, we had a intense weekend together, didn't we? Yeah, it was it was very intense. I love that yeah. weekend. So. Yeah, it was mad. So let's see. You, I'll see you soon. Good yeah. luck in Miami, and thanks so much for talking to us today. Oh, thank you so much and, for having me. And thank you for telling me so many personal things. I really appreciate that. It's oh, no problem. great to hear. I feel like it was I feel like it was like the natural flow of the conversation. So yeah, no, really good. Thank you. It's good to know because you know it, when you tell somebody who has imposter syndrome, you don't need to have imposter syndrome. It's hard for them to accept it, but you don't need to have imposter syndrome. You're smashing it, JC. You really I appreciate are. it. Thanks so much. And um, look forward to seeing some more sick content soon. Yeah, coming uh, next week on the ground. Take care. Take care, you too. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.